Hey friend, welcome to The Ashley O Show. I'm your host, Ashley O'Connor. I'm a registered nurse turned health coach, and I am on a mission to keep people out of the hospital and into healthier lives than they ever thought possible. How? By getting back to the basics, prioritizing mental health, ditching diet culture, and repairing our relationships with food, fitness, and our bodies. Expect unfiltered, unapologetic, and unsugarcoated conversations about building lives, careers, bodies, and minds that are stronger than we could have imagined. The truth is, I don't have it all figured out, but I plan on spending my life searching for answers to the most important questions. This podcast is all about bringing you along for that ride. Now let's go chase some uncertainty. What is up, guys? Welcome back to the podcast. We are nearing the end of our 30-day podcast series, which kind of makes me sad, but we're moving into a new chapter where I think we're going to have huge impact on this podcast. But let me know if you guys enjoyed this, if you'd like to see it again in the future, or even if you'd just like to see periodic series where I'm doing like seven days in a row or 10 days in a row or something like that, where we can dive deep into a topic and have these little bite-sized episodes because it's been really fun to create. But today, I have a really fun topic for you, and it is based on a question that I get often enough from you, especially around this time of year. So I want to talk about candy and how I think that it can improve your health. This may sound absolutely insane to a lot of you, especially because we've been pushed this narrative for so long that sugar is basically the devil. There's people telling you that sugar is as addictive as cocaine, that it's so bad for you based on all this research. And I kind of want to debunk some of that. I want to give you my own opinion on it because a lot of this is opinion based. So with anything that you consume in the world, I want you to take it with a grain of salt. I want you to give your own critical thinking to the situation and decide what's right for you. So whether that's me telling you that I don't think that sugar is a problem or whether that's some other one other person telling you that sugar is horrible for you and is going to kill you. Think about what feels right for you, whether you want to build a life where you completely avoid sugar or where you want to build a life where sugar is a part of your diet. How do you feel? What do you think about the information that you have consumed about the topic or the research that you have seen? How do you feel? That is always what I want you to consider. I want you to use the critical thinking that so many of you you are using in your day-to-day life in the situations that you find yourself in. So let's just start with this research study that a lot of people love to refer to when they talk about how bad sugar is for you, which is done on rats. So it was done on rats and they found that sugar was lighting up the same areas of the brain as cocaine did. And that when rats were given the choice that sometimes they were actually picking sugar instead of cocaine, which is a highly addictive substance. So they were determining that sugar was as addictive, if not more addictive, than cocaine was. And so you're comparing it to an actual drug. Now, it's not that this study was poorly done. It's more that we are taking the results and applying them in ways that aren't actually helpful and maybe aren't even true. So I want to highlight a couple things. One is that sugar 100% lights up the dopamine centers in the brain. These are the same centers that are lit up when we ingest drugs like cocaine. They do activate the same pathway that has to do with dopamine. And there's a reward system in our brains for this, where we are naturally inclined to want more of that substance because it gave us dopamine and we like dopamine. So yes, the same brain area is lit up when we consume sugar and cocaine, 
But that doesn't mean that they are the same thing. That doesn't mean that they actually do the same thing on the body or even the brain chemistry. It just means that they both cause us to release dopamine, which makes us feel good. The other thing that's important to note in this study is that these rats were specifically deprived or restricted of sugar for a period of time before they were allowed to have it. And that restriction is extremely key because this tells us a whole lot about what restriction does to the brain, not necessarily what sugar does to the brain. When we deprive something, when we restrict it and set rules around it, we see this lots of times in diets, we tend to want it more. We tend to crave it more. That does not mean it is as addictive as a drug. It simply speaks to how our brains operate. When we restrict something, our brains want them more. That same study found that when they did not restrict sugar, rats were not nearly as appealed by it. They were less likely to overindulge on sugar if they weren't restricted. It's when we restrict that that substance becomes more powerful. And this is just scratching the surface on some of the higher level concepts that we can pull from this research. I just wanted to debunk some of the, the quick things that people pull from this where they say the blanket statements like sugar is as addictive as cocaine and that it's so poisonous and so bad for us. I think we can really critically look at this research and understand that it doesn't generally apply to all of us. And the other piece with this is that this is research done on rats. Yes, we may share some similarities when it comes to the operations of our brain, but we are completely different organisms. It is not fair for us to generalize these results because we are humans and this study was done on rats. We are not the same. So just a couple of points for you to chew on, a couple of things for you to have in your brain to more critically analyze this data if you start to hear these arguments. But really what I want you to pull from this is that obsessing over avoiding sugar is actually far more harmful than just incorporating it into your diet. Because when we restrict and when we obsess over avoiding something, that's when we feel out of control with it. That's what gives sugar and candy so much power. That's why we end up eating 40 candy bars on Halloween instead of just three of the mini candy bars. So when I say candy can improve your health, it's really that incorporating candy frequently enough improves your health because it's taking out a major stressor for a lot of us, a major stressor of trying to avoid something like the plague because we think it's poison, because we think it's toxic and that it's going to make us fat and it's going to ruin all of our goals. We're so afraid of this food that it ends up backfiring. It ends up giving it so much power and causing so much guilt that we feel completely out of control with it. And then we end up binging and then falling down the cycle of restricting again and binging again and restricting again over and over and over again. And that's far more harmful to your health. So candy can improve your health if we just take away some of the power that we are giving it. If we just interact with it often enough that it's not seen as something so incredibly special that we have to eat all of it in one sitting because we don't know when we're going to have it again. So I want you to interact with candy and sugar often. Not just on Halloween, not just on the birthdays, not just the special occasions. On some random Tuesday when you feel like eating a Dove chocolate bar with your tea at night, do it. Some random Thursday when you feel like having dessert after your dinner, do it. If you feel like you can't have Oreos in the cabinet, otherwise you eat the entire container, I want you to always have Oreos in the cabinet. Because the more you consume that food and accept that it's okay that you eat it, the less power it has. 
And that's when we get to this place where you can suddenly have that food that you felt completely out of control with in the cabinet, and it goes weeks, months without you finishing it because you forget it's there because it's no longer that exciting for your brain. It's no longer that powerful. You don't feel out of control with it because it's always around anyway. For me, I found this with cookie dough. (laughs) So I love raw cookie dough, which is really bad for you. I know because of the salmonella and everything else, but it's delicious. Don't, don't deny it. It is. Um, so for me, we would get these like containers of cookie dough or like the pre-made little squares of cookie dough that you could turn into cookies, which are also delicious. You could just cook them and enjoy the cookies and that's good too. (laughs) But if there was a package of cookie dough in our fridge, I would eat it. And so I would try and avoid that at all costs until some holiday came up and we bought cookie dough to make cookies for something. And I end up eating like almost all the raw cookie dough before we ever make the cookies because I feel so out of control with it. Once I started to heal and started to have this as part of my life more regularly, once that food lost its power, cookie dough would sit in the fridge to the point where I'm like, I should throw this in the freezer, otherwise it's going to go bad. And this isn't magic. This is basic neurobiology. And so once we stop obsessing, it is actually better for our brains and for our bodies to interact with sugar regularly because it just loses its power. But on top of that, there's so many other reasons why sugar and candy are an incredible part of our lives. One is joy and fun, nostalgia, memories. Those things are incredibly important. I am a firm believer that food is so much bigger than fuel, that food shouldn't just be fuel, that it shouldn't be this thing that we're detached from. Because as humans, we have evolved over thousands and thousands of years to interact with food as part of a social setting. Food is part of culture. Food is part of how we connect to people we love. Food is a social experience. And sugar is a big part of that. When you go on a date with your partner and you have the best time ever, don't you want to end it with like ice cream or some dessert? Like, isn't that a special thing that you feel like you're building a memory with them where you have two spoons and one piece of cake? Like, that's special. Or when your best friend is going through a breakup, you buy ice cream and you buy wine and you go to their house and you sit with them and you cry with them and you watch the love story that you get to yell at on the TV because they're going through something really hard. But it's that food that brings you together, that gives you initial comfort. It's not fixing everything, but it's okay that sometimes food fixes something for us, that food makes us feel better just for a moment. It's okay that food can be comforting. When you go visit your grandmother and she makes her famous chocolate chip cookies, you eat them and it's a sense of nostalgia. It brings you right back to your childhood running around grandma's house and her yelling for you to come in because she just made fresh cookies. And so you come in from the cold and you take off all your jackets and your boots and you sit at the table and you enjoy a warm cookie with milk. It brings you right back there. And that is a beautiful feeling. That's a beautiful experience for our brains. It makes us feel more connected to the people around us. It's important. That interaction with sugar is vitally important for us as humans. And let's just be real, the diet versions of desserts that we love, the sugar-free versions of candies and the giving out apples at Halloween or whatever, 
that all sucks. Sometimes, yes, if you are struggling with diabetes or you have some sort of medical condition where you can't have sugar or whatever else, there are certain circumstances where those are beautiful ways to interact with food in ways that you remember that still fit into your lifestyle because you have some sort of uh, boundaries around those things because of a medical condition. That, that's one thing. There's so many circumstances where this might be true for you. But in general, for most of us, we lean on things like diet desserts or sugar-free candies because we just think that they're better for us, but they suck. They taste awful. They give you the runs. <laughs> they just suck the fun out of experiences. I don't want an apple on Halloween. I want gummy bears, and that's okay. Sugar is also a very quick form of fuel. So when you are doing long exercises, that can be extremely beneficial. Or if you're just tired and you're feeling miserable, sometimes just having something with sugar in it is a great way for you to give, give you a burst of energy. And that can help power through our days, which can be beneficial. Sugar can also help make quote unquote like healthy foods that maybe we don't want to eat more palatable, more exciting. I think about this for like salad. A lot of salad dressings, are sugar-based. And part of that is because the dressing makes the salad taste better when we don't feel like having it. And that's okay. We demonize all these things as though we need to suck all of the joy out of our food and we do not need to do that. If some salad dressing is what makes you get the vegetables that you need to have meet your fiber requirements and get the micronutrients that you need in your diet, then put some salad dressing on your salad. I would much rather you do that than not eat salad at all. And the other thing is that you can take these high reward, exciting foods, these candy and sugar and things like that, and you can actually package them up with other foods to create a nutrient dense item. So with the case of salad dressing and salad, that's one example. But the other thing, like I love to do this just because it brings me joy in general is incorporating the candy or like the leftover Halloween candy or things like that into foods that I'm already going to eat to make them more fun and like more exciting and just taste really good. So if I have like leftover Halloween candy, like chocolate-based candies, for example, I love like making a bowl of like oatmeal. Maybe I'll put a little protein powder in it to bump up the protein in it. And then I'll like cut up a, you know, Twix bar or like an Almond Joy or something fun like that, cut it up and I put it in my warm oatmeal and then it sort of like melts. So now you have like a candy oatmeal and it's delicious. But you've now taken that candy and you packaged it up with fiber. So now your blood sugar is not going to take the same hit. Or I'll take like fruit based candies. So like gummy bears and things that I absolutely love. I'm definitely a fruity candy person over a chocolate candy person personally. But I'll take things like that. And I will put it with like a Greek yogurt homemade bark. So just taking the Greek yogurt that maybe has like a vanilla flavor or something like that and kind of spreading it on a sheet pan and putting those like fruity candies in and then freezing it. And suddenly you have this bark where you got the protein and the healthy fats from the Greek yogurt. And now you have a candy that you just really love and just brings you joy. This is a fun way to package it up with nutrients that you actually need. I'll also throw some of my favorite candies into a trail mix that I make myself. So if it's like some almonds and some cashews and some of those good like fiber and fat filled like nuts that are delicious and good for us that have protein in them as well, I'll throw in a chocolate candy that I love, some M&Ms or whatever, or I'll throw in some of the gummy candies. And now I have a trail mix that has some of the nutrients I need and just some of the foods that I love all mixed into one. There are so many ways to be creative about this, but that's one way that you can interact with these things in a way that's still nutritious for your body too, is that we add the joy 
And we also have the nutrition. Just go on like Pinterest or whatever and look up uses for leftover Halloween candy and people get really creative. So this is a fun way. If you end up with a bunch of candy after Halloween, you can just eat it and enjoy it because it brings you joy and and start to incorporate it regularly so that you remove its power. That's one way to do it. But you can also be creative with how you are including these things into your diet, maybe into your kid's diet so that you can eat the foods you love, but maybe bump up the nutrition a little bit. So anyways, here's what I want you to take from this. You can have sugar. You can eat the candy that you love on Halloween. Enjoy it. Let it be a part of your routine. Let it be part of your life instead of just restricting and obsessing over it. It's not the devil. It's not going to kill you. Sugar can be an incredibly beautiful part of our lives. It can be something that brings us joy, that helps us build memories and nostalgia. Let your kids enjoy the candy on Halloween if they can, as long as they don't have things like allergies. But let them enjoy this experience. And I hope that you do too. Eat some damn candy on Halloween. You deserve it. You're a human. Have joy in your life and just be present instead of being somewhere else in your brain worrying about how many calories are in the Twix bar that you're eating. Just eat it. Thank you so much for allowing me to take up a little bit of your brain space today. Like seriously, it means the world to me. If you connected with this episode, it would be amazing if you could share it with your friends and tag me at Ashley O Show so that I can personally thank you. That way, we can build an army of badass women who believe in themselves that will take the world by storm. I cannot wait to see what we make possible.